Welcome back to DevCast. And this week is a rather interesting or rather special podcast because I have two guests. I have one guest that are uh, expert on our new service called API Management, Josh Twist. And I I have one external expert that are expert on APIs, and that's Andreas Krohn. Well, very nice, guys, that you have the time to, to come to my podcast together. Thanks for having me. It's great to, it's great to be, be on the cast. Same here. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, should you first introduce yourself, Josh? Should you introduce what you are doing at Microsoft? Yeah, so I'm a program manager lead on the Microsoft Azure uh, team. I work on a couple of pieces of technology, uh, a thing called Hybrid Connections, which ships as part of BizTalk, and also, as you've already mentioned, uh, Azure API Management, uh, which we've been, you know, we've had in uh, available as preview in May, and we went GA just a, just a few weeks back in uh, uh, in the middle of September. And Andreas, you have been on my podcast before. I think it was a year ago or something like that. Something, but, uh, something around that, yeah. Yeah, but maybe you should introduce yourself again. Yes, I should. Um, Andreas Kuhn, um, working with APIs as a consultant, everything from the technology to the business strategy. Um, I worked with a lot of different API management solutions from different vendors and uh, as well taking a look at what Microsoft is coming out with. Um host conferences on, on the subject and generally deep, knee-deep in APIs. And you're a very good speaker also. Well, I hope so. Yeah, Thank I you. like you. Thank you. Uh, uh, where should we start now? Okay, Andreas, um, um, in my podcast, we have, uh, we have before talked about how you do a great API, so maybe we shouldn't talk about that. But what's the big hurdles when you should host and the, the API when, when it's go live and so on? What what do you see? Well, that's that's a big question. Um, I like because, big questions. Yes, because that depends on so many different things. So, what you're going to do with the API? Who's the target audience, and so forth? But if we if we're going to kind of hone in on publicly available APIs, um, then we skip all the ones that are internal to company. I think it would be easier to answer the question. Um, then I think you should go live as soon as possible because the sooner you go live, the sooner you can get feedback and the sooner you can improve on your first version because uh, the only the only thing you know about your first version of the API is that you haven't gotten it exactly right. You need to adapt it to real market uh, requirements. Um, and if you keep it until it's perfect, um, it's theoretically perfect, but it won't be perfect on the market. Um, so I say get something out there quickly, even if you put a preview beta uh, special invite tag on it so everybody knows that it's it's not the final product, but go live as soon as possible. But isn't that uh, problematic? One of the most, uh, if I understand, the, the, the most common problem is versioning. Yes, but if you do it as a preview or as a beta or whatever you choose, um, you can also require or you can also do changes much quicker because everybody using it will know this is a preview um but you can get it out there and get some feedback on it you can at least show people without uh having them sit around your computer you know um so i think versioning is a problem once you have many users or, or once you have one user actually using it in production but as long as it's just people kind of experimenting with it it's not really a problem mm-hmm. 
Josh, uh, I think that versioning is one big part of the API management service. But before you ask, answer that question, could you please give us a bit of the history about this product, this service? So Epiphany was a relatively small company based out of Washington, D.C. that was offering a um, an API management solution. As I mentioned, we you know we acquired these guys in October 2013, brought them to preview in May, and just launched GA in September. And the reason Microsoft and Azure were interested in this in the API management space was, well, everybody's seen the the programmable web chart, you know, with the the growth and the explosive exponential rise in the number of public APIs. But it was much more than just sort of looking at that chart and saying, hmm, if that carries on, that's interesting. What what we're observing in a very real way is a change in the way people think about partnerships. So if I look back at my career, before I worked at Microsoft, I used to work at a large travel consolidator similar to Expedia. And um, we used to do partnerships with other businesses. So we would sometimes... Um, you know, we would uh, let them resell our flights or we would sell hotels that they offered, et cetera, et cetera, and we do revenue sharing between them. At that time, what it took to get a partnership established was was a board meeting between the, the two CEOs of the company and some arguing around percentages and signing of contracts. And only then, only then were the development teams unleashed to go and build the necessary API and um, start to forge the the partnership. So the cost of partnership was was really quite high. Um, whereas you look at today and partnerships are now industrialized. You know, you can go right now, any one of us, you don't even need to be a business, just as an individual, you can go and be a partner with say Uber, you know, go to developer.uber.com and in a matter of minutes you're signed up and you're you're a partner with Uber. And we see this being an increasing trend. And we see a number of forces driving that, you know, a proliferation in in SaaS growth, so software as a service. And and with best of breed solutions, you need to be able to integrate these solutions quickly. Otherwise, you don't have an end-to-end story. And, and that need for end-to-end integration is, is um, all about accelerating partnerships. And so that's why we think API management is interesting because that's what it's about. API management helps you, in the public sense at least, helps you accelerate the way you can onboard partners to share your data and services. Andreas, do you have the same view of what the API management is and what it solves? Um, yes, I do, because I, I think that was a very important point that this is basically automating business partnerships. Where, like the you're talking about the the technical contract, the API being done, and you can just get started straight away. Um, but all the people or all the companies providing these APIs, they're not experts in APIs. They're experts in their own business. Uber is not an expert in API. They're experts in getting people um, in cars to the right place. Um, Visa are not experts in API. They're experts in financial transactions. Um, That means that they can probably build an API, but then they need all those services around it, and that's where API management come in. So it's kind of uh, the tools you need to get your API API out there uh, without having to build everything yourself. And what, what for me as a beginner of API management, what 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 is the main feature of this kind of product, Josh? Yeah, so 
So when, when I think about it in this scenario, and actually at some point in a second, we should talk about two other scenarios that that is the reason we invested in this space at Microsoft. Um, but when I think about this scenario, it's a couple of things. I think all of us have or are developers, right? We like writing code, and we know how we feel about approaching an API that doesn't have good, consistent documentation. Um, and we think about how long does it take a developer from deciding to try out API X to actually having a, a transaction successfully flow through that API. And there's a couple of techniques there. So first of all, you want you want a place where developers come and learn about your APIs. So you want great documentation. And API management solutions um, typically have, and including our own, of course, a way of dynamically generating that documentation experience based on metadata. So, you know, take a Swagger file or a Waddle file or just enter in the metadata into our management portal and we'll generate your documentation for you. We'll generate code samples that show how you could call this API from Objective-C or Ruby or C-sharp code. We also dynamically generate an interactive console. So as a developer now, I I roll up to this API. This thing looks interesting. How does it work? I, I remember the old days of trying to learn a new API. You know, you'd have no documentation. Maybe back in the WSDL days, Maybe I'd get some some generated sort of SDK. Nowadays, we have a console where it tells me what the fields are. I enter some data into a text block, a text box. I hit send. It invokes the actual API in real time, and then I can see the response right there in my web browser. So that's that's a big part of it. Is this kind of developer engagement experience, and beyond that as well is how do I create um, a, a bi-directional channel? You know, how do I have uh, developers communicate with me and tell me when they're having issues. So we have, you know, we have issues and um, uh, issue trackers and and blogs and forums and wikis that enable sort of bi-directional engagement from developers. And another critical thing is is managing those partners, those developers. They have to be able to sign up, create an account, or re- or sign in with their social identities, so that you know who they are and you can um, have analytics that tells me, you know, which developers are driving the most traffic. What is the response time of my my APIs. Uh, what's the health of my API? I'm having errors, and all of those things we think are key to that kind of public um, API partnership scenario. Andreas, I, I know that you're not an expert on, on just um, on the Microsoft API management product, but but what you said is, is that then do not all API managed products have this, or is it something that are special for for our product or something? I would say that most API management products have the, exactly the same features on paper, um, but they're implemented very differently once you get into it. Um, uh, quite a few API management solutions, they were... Uh, they belonged in the whole uh, SOAP SOA stack a few years ago and just been rebranded. Uh, some other ones are, like uh, the Azure uh, API management platform are quite new, but they have the same functionality on paper. But then what's actually um, in the black box could be very, very different. Uh, some have uh, a lot of API security features and almost nothing else and others almost lack API security features. So it that makes it a very, it's a very hard field to compare products because they all say they do exactly the same. Um, so you need to look under the hood, you need to try and see if it fits your use case. Uh, is it any leader in this space right now or is it many products that are on the same level? Um, there's, there are many uh, products fighting it out right now. Um 
I mean, there's Intel's Mashery, 3Scale, Layer 7, um, or sorry, CA Technologies, as you should say. There's several different ones. SOA, and they're almost all the big, um, the big IT companies have some kind of solution in this space. And last year, it was kind of a was not only Microsoft buying into this space, Intel did the same, uh, CA did the same. So there's a lot of things happening here. Um, but I, w- I would like to add that it's it's more than than documentation and developer relations that needs to go into an API management platform. I think it's everything except the API itself. It's all the things around it that you need to have a successful API. That's not actually the API itself. Um, something like traffic monitoring, analytics, statistics, uh, be able to uh, limit who has access to what, uh, security, identity, um, lifecycle management, and all that kind of stuff also needs to be handled in API management platform. And Josh, do we have that? Yes, I think everything um, Andreas just enumerated. I was I was checking it off as he went through in my head. We have so we have you know group based access controls to APIs. We have um, a pretty extensive policy system that allows you to do rate limiting and throttling. We have um, uh, products that allow you to bundle up different settings. So let's imagine you want to sell an API and um, you want to say that there's a product for having 10,000 calls per month and there's a product having a million calls per month. Then those are a notion inside our um, our platform. We have uh, URL rewriting that allow you to change the shape of the API or how it appears on the front end. And, and the abstraction layer provides a good tool for versioning and lifecycle. Uh, we have an analytics capability as well. So I think we checked everything he mentioned. Interesting. But Andreas, how... Did I miss, uh, or a more important question, did I miss anything? Uh, you know, I, I, I'm trying to catalog it in my head. There's a long list of stuff, so it depends on the level of detail we're talking about. I think at this level of detail, we've probably covered things pretty well. We haven't talked about some of the, the data transformation capabilities. You know, let's say you have um, uh, a plain old XML API and you want to call that from an iOS client. That's no fun, right? Calling XML from, from iOS is, is genuinely pretty painful. So we have a policy you can plug in that will convert that XML into JSON. You just configure a little piece of uh, just a little piece of configuration in the management portal and you have a brand new JSON API. We have caching which is very popular, you know, the the fact that we have this proxy which is where all the magic happens. Then in terms of the features that are used by our customers caching is one of the most popular because that means a we can take load off your back end and b we can significantly increase the performance of the API because we're coming, you know, with a hot memory um, uh, response for for cacheable responses. So, Andreas, if um, US an external uh, customer uh, or thinking about using the API management project, what what kind of questions should you ask Josh? You have him here now. Mm. <laughs> well, um, if I, as a hypothetical user, or if I, with an actual product, the last few days been looking through the API management uh, solution you have, um, I'm going to just uh, represent myself here for a while. Um, I think uh, there's a lot of functionality in there, um, but I think what uh, what is missing is uh, well, it's payment solution. So I, you can actually sell uh, sell access to your API, kind of integrated into API management. So you have one go to service to deal with everything, because the the policies and analytics and security and all that kind of stuff is great, but you also need to make money somewhere. Um, yep. So that's one thing I would ask for. 
um that, well that's the main feature that i was i was missing um so maybe we can start there yeah, so so you're certainly not alone. You're not the first person to to, to say you'd like this capability. Um, our stance right now is so we've got a lot of features um, coming down the road that we're working on right now, and we're very customer driven in terms of our prioritization. So you know we literally look at the the number of customers and we engage heavily with with um, people directly here in the product team in Azure uh, and trying to make the trade off, which is the next thing we go do based on that input. Payments is definitely on the radar. I'll make that very clear. Uh, one thing we did enable um, shortly after preview was a full management API. And that's because we do actually have a number of customers today um, that use API management in this exact scenario where they charge based on the number of API calls or you know a monthly subscription based on a certain product, as I called before. They all have something very subtle about the way they want to do billing that we, we can't see a straight line between what we'll call a turnkey payments option and meeting their requirements. They, subtleties like, you know, if you can, you can batch um, transactions into a single API call and they charge per transaction and not per API call. And it becomes, you know, the, the configuration engine that would drive some of that would become heinously complex. And so we decided, we had a trade-off to make. Do we go and focus on providing the extensibility so that people can you know, build any kind of uh, billing system they want to. They can partner with any kind of commerce platform they prefer, be it Stripe or Zawara or PayPal, etc., etc., etc. We decided to do that first. So that's why that came online in, I think, in um, in June. And so we have a number of customers uh, using, using that today. We do have on our roadmap a plan to make a turnkey option where you say, look, can you guys just take care of this for me? My rules are somewhat straightforward such that I can just configure them and say charge by product per month or charge by API call, etc. And you guys, you know, you guys just, just pay the you just pay the money into my account for me. That is on the plan. I don't have a date for you, but it is it's definitely something we have on our roadmap. Fantastic. Then I'm happy. <laughs> Andreas, uh, uh, yep. the, the solution is, is hosted on Azure, of course. Is that the problem for you? Uh, no. I was just asking because, uh, Josh, we have talked about uh, being able to host this product on other platforms. Is it so or? So by other platforms, you mean, say, hosted on an on-premise data center? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's an occasional request. That you'd be surprised. It's it's becoming less common. Uh, I don't know if that's an increasing openness to cloud becoming just a necessary part of the of the computing world going forward. You know, I mean, it, everyone knows it's inevitable, but there is still some um, there's still some people. Hybrid's going to be a thing for sort of ten years, we think, right? So, um, so there's a couple of things we're going to do in the in the nearer term. I think is things like VPN connectivity, maybe support for technology like hybrid connections. We do have some customers that would like to deploy the proxy on-premise um, and it's certainly something we're exploring again I'd say it's on the radar I don't have a date for you now um, but you know yeah it's something we'd, we'd really like to, to offer from the service yeah I was interested about uh, Andreas if, if that was something that you were considering where it was hosted but it's not for you anyway no no where in the world yes but if it's on on my own servers, preferably not, or if it's on Amazon's clouds or if it's on Microsoft's cloud, it, that doesn't really matter. Mm -hmm. 
Do you have any other things that you are uh, want to know more about before you say? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. But that might be a bit. Uh, we're digging. Then I'm going into very small details, which might not be interesting for anybody else. <laughs> uh, so I would say instead, um, if somebody uh, were thinking about publishing an API or they had an API that they want to make available outside their organization, maybe they use it right now for their own mobile app or something, um, they should look at API management solutions, but they should really um, get their priorities before they start looking at what solution to have. Is statistics and analytics, is that the most important thing? Or is it um, that you have uh, security that you can... Uh, integrate with your existing security uh, infrastructure, or is it the API documentation? What like what's the priority? Um, and then test out the Azure API management and see if it if it works, because you can read all the documentation you you uh, that you can, but unless you test it, you won't know if it actually works. So just start using it. That's what I say. <laughs> and if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Then do something else. Maybe a beginner question is, uh, when should I use API management? Should I always use it if I have a public API? Or is it just well, some you overkill? You need to solve those problems that an API management solution solves somehow. I mean, you can implement your own rate limiting. You can implement your own API key management. You can implement your own API documentation portable. And for whatever reason, you might choose to implement one or all of those points yourself, but those need to exist if you publish an API. Otherwise, you're asking for problems. You okay. have to have that somehow. Buy it or build it. Josh, is it the same? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree, and I think we're seeing... Um, it, it's a bit, there's so many analogies here. Let's imagine you're a retail store, you know, your gap on the high street. Are you really going to build your own stock management system? Of course not. It's it's not, you know, you, you're going to get a benefit from leveraging the work of others that's being shared. It's, it's, it's a very natural way to think about business. You know, you're not going to, you're not going to manufacture your own carpets. You're going to buy some carpets as manufactured by somebody else. And I think that's very similar um, offering for API management, and to add some credence to Andreas, Andreas, uh, you know, you're going to have problems. I can. This is so true. Um, the actual story I was telling before about the partnership in uh, at the travel consolidator I used to work for, we didn't put in place rate limiting. Um, didn't think we'd need it because it was a close partner where we had a you know agreement between the CEOs, and it was hooked up to the same internal infrastructure that powered our own website. Now we told these guys, you know, you're not going to hit us too hard. Everything seemed like it would be safe. And then on day three, um, the code on the partner's side hit a bug, ran in a for loop and dosed our internal system and brought down our public website. Let's just say that day four was not a pleasant day at work for me. And uh, I said about building a – this was 15 years ago, you know, 10 or 15 years ago. So I did send about building my own rate-limiting system. Wow, I wish there had been a solution like this on market at, at the yeah, time. And you're not the only one. I have stories like that from several customers as well. That oh, with bad JavaScript widget installed on a few pages, and then just kept doing a call every every second and brought down production servers. Um, it's not uncommon. So you need to solve these problems somehow. And if you don't think that you need it now, you will have one of those days that you realize you do have to solve this. And do you think you should have the API management in place from the start, or is it okay to have it as an afterthought? 
you have to solve these problems from the start. I mean, you, if you do it by doing some very limited code yourself instead of getting an API management solution, okay. But you can't ignore the fact that somebody might have bad code. Even if they have good intentions, they might have bad code and bring down your servers. Um, you can't ignore the fact that you probably want to have some kind of identification of who calls your API and do they have the right to call your API. And you probably want to know how much do they call your API. You definitely need to have um, some kind of developer portal so people can find and learn about your API, otherwise they're not going to use it. So you can implement these, you can solve these problems some other way, but even from day one, you have to have thought about it. Absolutely. Uh, if I can uh, ask you about some features, uh, and the first thing I want to, to ask you, Josh, is what's the, do we have a killer feature in our product? A killer feature? That, um, something that stands out. There's a, I mean, there's a couple of things that are my favorite features, I would say. Uh, uh, do you mean stands out in terms of differentiated? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So... Uh, I don't, I, you know, I, the, I think the way we're differentiating is on, is on a couple of things. So yes, we have a killer feature in terms of price. Our pricing is 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 killer. We have great pricing. We're super competitive in this market. And I think the other thing that we have is ease of use. You know, I think our system is um, very self-service. It's very approachable. Um, it's uh, very easy for even people who aren't kind of API experts like Andreas uh, to come in and take either an existing API or the new API and project it in in a way they want. Also, we have you know very easy to use um, customization for the developer portal. So you can take our developer portal, which comes in a standard theme, and you can retheme that thing to look to exactly match your public brand, whatever that is. Um, add images, and you do it all without writing any code or writing any CSS. There's a visual design tool that allows you to click on elements um, in real time on the page and change the color and the size and the font of them. So I, th- I think ease of use is probably our other killer feature. And Andreas, is it any killer features in if you concerning or if you see all the API management products that you're still is still lacking? Is it is this a, may, uh, this is only in the beginning of if I understand it, the, the API management products and so on, or are they our major products? Um, some of them are very mature, mature um, yeah. within their their market. Um, there are platforms with lots of features that have been around for a while and that are really battle-tested. Um, but I, I think a good point that was brought up is the ease of use. Those portals don't always have that ease of use, and they definitely don't have the low price point that you guys do. Um, so I think that... There are mature features out there, but they're spread out among several solutions. So there's not one product that has it all, like low price and high usability and and the perfect security uh, solution and so forth. Um, so there's still a lot of um, potential for every single player in the market to to grow their product and 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 add features and improve on features mainly. So, Andreas, uh, 
for my listeners that are out there and starting to looking into this space, they are starting to understand the API, uh, that APIs, public APIs are, is very important. They are starting to understanding that you need to have a good experience of your, your API and so on. Uh, how should they go further to to do their APIs, to find the right products and so on. You have talked a bit about it uh, earlier, but could you please tell my listeners, give some really good advice? Some really good advice? Yeah, for uh, free. For a really good advice for free. <laughs> well, that's nice. Um, well, if you're going to build an API, you have to use APIs. Um, that's the number one thing. If you're gonna if you're gonna get into this market to publish an API, you should be used to using APIs of different kinds, so you know what you're talking about. Uh, Do we have any good APIs out in the world? Is Twitter a good API? Is Facebook a good API? Or well, that doesn't really matter if they're good or not. Twitter and Facebook are the de facto standard, so it doesn't matter if they're good or not. You have if you're gonna build an API, you need to play around with those two. Um, so you need to use API. That was the first. Yeah. yeah, and the second one is to uh, to talk with the potential users of the API, uh, have a dialogue, and that's absolutely critical because you don't know what they're going to build. Um, you don't know their exact use case. You can guess, but you don't know. You need to have a constant dialogue, uh, and the earlier you can start that dialogue, the better. That's why I said. Um, before in the podcast that you need to get it something out there quickly to have a discussion um, and and then the third one is to not think about this as an IT only project um, it's easy we're, we're programmers we can write code we can figure this out we can do this API management stuff or we can probably write code that does something similar take us some time but we can do it um, but if it's just people like us publishing APIs and kind of being the the, the faces uh, of APIs, it's not going to succeed. You need support of your sales staff. You need support of your customer service. You need support of management. Otherwise, you won't have a budget next year. Um, so it's to not make APIs um, an IT-only solution. So that's kind of three three practical pieces of advice. Josh, do you have anything to add to this? Uh, I, I mean, the one thing I want to add, I, I don't know if I'm... Uh, answering the question as directly as you might have hoped. But one thing we've not talked about at all and that I want to point out because we're seeing a ton of traction, a ton of interest in this area, is API management not just for public APIs. And it's it started when um, – uh, so if you have APIs that are internal only, think about this stuff as well. It started when – the, the minute we made the acquisition, and I, uh, so I've been working on the acquisition before we closed, obviously, and we made the announcement, and suddenly, I think 12 teams inside Microsoft's own IT department reached out to me and went, how can we use this thing? And it's like, well, what do you want to do with it? And uh, it became very clear that businesses of all sizes, and we now have many external customers um, uh, interested in uh, using the service in this way, they have hundreds, nay, thousands of internal APIs. And businesses are trying to become much more agile and move much more quickly internally and share data and information uh, internally. Now, imagine, um, Dag, we can probably speak honestly about Microsoft and the state of the art inside today is, is a little suboptimal. Like if I want to go and access data in some uh, system that's owned by another department, I am going on a treasure hunt. And then when I get to the end of my treasure hunt, if I am lucky, I will be given some sketchy document that explains partially how the API works. So 
partnerships are becoming a thing inside businesses. The need to rate limit and protect your your mission critical systems, but still share that information and data and capabilities with other businesses, other departments, other teams, or even individual developers is becoming something that's happening inside businesses. So don't limit thinking about your API ecosystem and the importance of APIs just to your public customers. It's internal, it's your private APIs, it's the whole shebang. You, you really want to manage, catalog, make discoverable, make usable, make easy to understand, have analytics for, um, understand which apps are using which APIs so you can go and track them down when you need to change something. You know, it makes sense inside and outside. Yeah, and that's a real, I mean, that's pure cost saving. Do the work once and use it many places. Um, and yeah, that you're very right that it's both between partners, internal and public, and it's easy to get stuck in just the public. Um, but I think that the, the most, um, the easiest way to make money from an API is actually with a few selected partners that you can have a very close relationship with. They trust you. You can basically market the, your API with three phone calls to three people, three different companies, and they can start using it. And you have already saved some money. And then if you want to take it public a year later when it's battle tested, perfect. Do that. But then you already paid for the project. Thank you, guys. You enlightened me in the API management space this night. Because where we are, Andres and my, me, me, I'm a bit tired because it's it's already night here. Josh, thank you very much that you took your time, and Andreas also. And uh, the closing note, if you want to meet some of the guys from Microsoft that has built this product, you can go to Andreas' conference here in October. So, Andreas, should you talk a bit about that conference for my uh, listeners? Yes, please. Uh, NordicAPIs.com is the site. And check out the latest event. We have 20th to 22nd of October in Stockholm. It's uh, three days, one day of workshop, two days of very intense conferencing where um, we will have representatives from uh, Microsoft talking about how to use um, the machine learning aspect of uh, of, uh, uh, of your cloud management or your cloud solution to, to improve your APIs. We will have speakers about growth hacking, about archi- API architecture, about everything API related basically. So nordicapis.com, uh, it would be great to meet you there. And if you heard about it here on the podcast, um, shake my hand and uh, when you come to the conference and I'll make sure to let Dog know that he has listeners he will be happy <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much guys and uh, have a really nice AP, API week in front of you I love it <laughs> thanks guys thank you.